0: Thank you for downloading Cavs on the Break NBA Podcast. In this episode, Sam and I dissect our Game 2 win against the Pacers. We touch on the Bronze performance, Ty Lue's starting lineup, tinkering ability, k injury, and look ahead to Game 3 on Friday. One final thing, if you're a fan of the Cleveland Browns, check out our Browns podcast, The Orange is Oranger. I'm joined by Browns insider Jeremy N. Akron, and we bring you the very best Browns coverage and analysis. We are the premier Cleveland Browns podcast. Check us out at Orange. Orange is Oranger. You can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts. And a couple days ago, we had Nathan Zagura, the one and only on our pod, to talk all things NFL Draft. It was a great episode. Check it out. You don't want to miss that. Again, at Orange is Oranger. Okay, here it is. Sam and I with our Pacers Game 2 recap and Game 3 preview. Iguodala to
1: Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up to the layup. Oh, boy. It's over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions. Once again, the
0: Cavaliers are NBA champions. That sound means it's time for Cavs on the Break NBA podcast. I'm your host, Chase Smith. And with me, Cavs insider, national NBA writer of amikohoops.net and his new NBA website, prohoopsdigest.com, Sam Amico. Sam, what's up, man?
1: Not much. How are you doing, Chase?
0: Good. How to get that Pro Hoops Digest uh, blurb in there. Can you tell us a little bit about that new website?
1: Well, first of all, I'm glad you got the name right, because when people have been asking me, I've been calling it ProBasketballDigest.com, oh, and I'm no. <laughs> getting the name of my own website wrong. Um, yeah, it's, it's called pro, ProHoopsDigest.com, and uh, on AmicoHoops.net, we've been running, obviously, not only Cavs content, the Cavs are our bread and butter, but um, we've been running a lot of news and rumors and stuff throughout the league, and it got to the point where we were kind of mixing and matching too much. So we started this other website, which is uh, primarily NBA content. There will be some Cavs stuff on there, but we're treating the Cavs as a national team on that site, whereas AmicoHoops.net treats them as a uh, more of a local team. So,
0: so if I wanted a, a Chidi Uzman profile, I would look at Amico Hoops not Pro Hoops Digest, right? <laughs> there you go,
1: right. And if you wanted a uh, Carmelo Anthony profile, which I don't know that anybody would want anymore, but if you did – if that would be now fall under the Pro Hoops Digest banner, um, but uh, yeah, it's just an extra site to to give us more um, more room to run more even more coverage of Love Pro it. Basketball.
0: Sounds so. great. So let's jump right in. Game two was last night. Cavs come away with a with a, with a W, one hundred to ninety seven. The bronze stat line goes something like this: forty six points, twelve boards, five assists. Um, he had the first 16 points of the team, 29 at the half. Sam, you were there at the game. Did it it look as dominant in person as it did on screen?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, um, you know, that first quarter. I think, what was it, game one, it took him 10 minutes to take a shot to attempt a field goal. Um, Last night, or, you know, in in, in game two, it was, uh, what, 16 seconds in. He took his first shot, and then he had – Four shots in three minutes, connecting on all of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really came out very energized. The entire team did. And you could just feel the energy uh, after that first quarter or during that run in the first quarter in the building uh, was much more intense, much more energy uh, from the team as well as the crowd.
0: The Cavs won by three, and it makes it look closer than it was, although the last couple minutes um, made you a little nervous. The largest lead of the night, I believe, was... Ah, uh, eighteen at one point. Yeah. Um. And uh, really, the Cavs were in control much of the game. Uh, Sam, what did you like that you saw the Cavs do in game two?
1: Come out with energy, which is the opposite of what they did in game one. It makes you wonder where was that in game one? Um, but I think it was more than that. They they defended pretty well, uh, for the most part. They it you know the fact that let's not kid ourselves that Oladipo got into early foul trouble made it easier for them to defend. Um, but they did a good job of that uh, for the most part in the first half. they've In the two games, they've definitely defended better. Um, and toward the end of the regular season, they were defending a little bit better, which isn't saying much because they'd been so bad up until that point. But I think more than anything, you know, here's a team that really doesn't have a ton of playoff experience when you're talking about guys outside of LeBron. You're talking about Hood who and Clarkson and uh, Nance Jr., you know they're still kind of feeling their way around the playoffs and and that's very obvious, but uh, i thought I thought in game two they played a little bit i don't want to say harder uh, but they played smarter and made better use of it and they came out with some focus and drive and energy uh, those were positive things that you can carry from game to game even when you're not even when the shots aren't falling so Hopefully, they learned from that and, and continue that in Indiana.
0: Yeah, that energy was definitely uh, visible on, on TV. Uh, the defense intensity was definitely turned up a bit, which was also evident on TV. There were a couple times where they really pushed the Pacers to the brink of that shot clock, and a, and a couple times, the Pacers were bailed out by a lucky shot or by a really cheap foul that, that was the Cavs would happen. I would still like to see the Cavs work better on their closeouts. I felt like a lot of the second half is when I felt like the defense kind of slipped and which makes sense when the Pacers started coming back. There were a lot, the Pacers made a lot of like driving layups or like these acrobatic reverses or you'd like to see that kind of uh, not be as much of an issue, but you got to like the direction the defense is going. It's only taken 84 games, but (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? It's uh, whatever it takes, I guess is kind of the slow, which is a really weird slogan for the Cavs. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I found that uh, that's it. It is weird. Um, But, I think part of that, too, is when you get up, this team has a terrible tendency of either getting down big in games like they did in Philadelphia, falling behind by 30 points. Uh, They put their pedal, you know, the pedal to the metal during certain stretches of the game as opposed to uh, just bringing it all game. And. I think part of that is LeBron, and nobody expected LeBron to keep up the pace that he had in the first quarter. I think that that was probably part of the issue. It's like they really overdid it in the first quarter, and it's like, hey, guys, stretch that out over the course of 48 minutes, uh, you know, and, and don't go hog wild in quarter number one and then quarter number three, just kind of go through the motions. And that's really been this team's issue all season, particularly, frankly, Chase under Ty Lu I don't know I don't, you can't blame him for a team not having as much energy, but that seems to be the style that they've been playing under him, and you have to wonder, is he getting through to them or are they not taking him seriously, or is he not mentioning that like hey guys, make sure to stay you know keep your foot on the gas I don't know what the problem is, but it's been uh, very exclusive to Ty Lu. You
0: know, I, I had to laugh yeah. when I saw the report that he wasn't releasing his starting lineup until just about game time, and there goes Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy tinkering at that lineup to the very last minute, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think that, and, and, and that's one thing, you know, I mean, we haven't touched on is that starting lineup, which is mm-hmm. obviously was uh, strange, but, you know, it's hard to tell because LeBron went nuts and, so early, it's hard to tell how well that lineup actually worked because it really was just four guys hanging out around LeBron.
0: Yep. You know,
1: and, and and this time, um, you know, I, I assume in game three, LeBron's probably not gonna do that again. He's probably not gonna, you know, go crazy like that. But um then you're gonna find out is is this the lineup that works best for them. I thought I did think J.R. Smith, um while I was not in favor of him starting, I did think that he uh, did a pretty decent job in frustrating Oladipo there early in that first quarter before Oladipo got those two fouls. I thought that they were really aggressive with him, mm-hmm. and I thought JR was a big reason why. But, um,
0: and he had that big steal and uh, layup in the fourth quarter that I think yes. really yeah, helped see, like seal the game there. That was a huge play. Um,
1: yeah, he did, he did a nice job, I thought. Um, but I also think that there, he spent too much time in the third quarter doing what he did as a starter all the time, which was during the regular season, run up and down the court. And not really, he was just kind of out there. So and th- let's talk
0: about J.R. Smith for a little bit. You know, Sam, I, I have a toddler, you have a-, a one-year-old. And I feel like his attitude this season is when he doesn't get his way, he just pouts and he loafs and he just, I don't know. It- it- or he it- throws or soup. Or <laughs> throws soup, right. Um, and it- it- I just, it's so like, evident when he's th- having his little, tantrums on the court Uh, he's just not engaging um and i don't know if engaging jr smith is worth finding having to deal with the uh like pouty jr smith does that make sense
1: yeah look the guy played his best basketball of the season off the bench okay he played his worst basketball of the season and and among the worst basketball of his career this year as a starter now, granted, he was an important part as a starter during the last three runs to the finals. Well, he's not getting it done this year as a starter, uh, but he, he's getting it done from time to time off the bench, which is all you want from a guy off the bench, to get it done time to, from time to time. You know, of course, you know, you, that's all you can expect. Of course, you hope that they can, you know, Jr. would come in off the bench, score 15 every night, but if he gives you 15 once every three or four games, well, that's what bench guys do. So... Yes. Why you would move him back into the starting lineup is puzzling to me when he'd been doing so well off the bench. He's the one guy that you could really count on other than maybe Corver uh, coming off the bench. So I-, I was surprised by that move. And I don't know what Larry Nance Jr. did to not be allowed to start anymore because, boy, could they really use him. Because I don't, I don't want to keep going here, Chase, but Miles Turner has been working over Kevin Love. He is oh, outplaying yeah. Kevin Love in this series. Yeah. Why not give Larry Nance Jr. a shot at him? move Kevin Love to power forward so that Thaddeus Young, a smaller guy, has to defend him and uh, change the face of the series by going a little bit bigger. If
0: if Tyloo's strategy was to scare the Pacers about announcing Kyle Corver as a starter, you know, I'd, I don't know how, how that fared <laughs> for us moving now, forward. I mean, Kyle, he played nine minutes in game one, starts and plays 30 minutes, plays crunch time minutes down the stretch. Um, and I, he he's one of the greatest NBA shooters, uh, active NBA shooters in historically as well, but I just crunch time five guy. I don't know, Sam. I don't know.
1: Well, I thought Corver had a good game, a uh, very good game in terms of not just making some, he was four of eight from the field, all three pointers, but I thought that he was, uh, you know, one of the hustle guys. He dove yes. on the ball, yep. for, uh, dove on the floor for a loose ball. He yep. took a charge. He yep. had a strip in the a, fourth closing that, minutes too. That was big. Yep. Um, so I thought that he played a very good all around game and wasn't just a sharpshooter um but again, here's a guy who played what it was it four minutes or something in game one I think it was like nine minutes yeah okay. and then yeah. and then he and then he then he plays thirty one right. and I said this the other day on the podcast. If we're confused, imagine how the players feel like, well, why did I only play this much in this game, and now I'm out here this much oh, they're always going to be happy when you play more minutes but then you're wondering, am I going to go back to play in the five minutes next game, or am I going to play thirty one next game am I going to start you know so I think that ty Lu's confusion on what lineups to use has been troubling because um the, it, you know then the players go out there confused yeah. and not not sure when they're going to get pulled out of the game, getting frustrated when they get pulled there's just a lot of I think a lot of issues are starting there with the coaching stuff yeah.
0: and I didn't mean to make it sound like Kyle Corver had a bad game. I thought he had a great game. He super fast release. Oh and yeah. Ball, he'll yeah. shoot the ball no matter how it gets. I think one time the ball ro- rolled to him and he picked it up and launched it. And it was just really, really like he's locked and loaded, man. But yeah,
1: um, few guys in NBA history are as good at yep. squaring up to the basket quicker than he does. He gets his shoulders squared to the basket so quickly; it's it's amazing.
0: And and I think another thing that doesn't help Sam is seeing the Pacers know exactly who they are. They know exactly what each of their roles are. Yes, and you can tell that by the way they play, how they move the ball on offense, and their and their like uh, transitions on defense. And the Cavs like do not have that because they they have no clue who's going to play and who's going to start. Like it's so like, oh yeah, man.
1: Yeah. Well, the Pacers are extremely well coached. Number one. Yep. 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 Um, they are all certain of their roles. They're not changing uh, the lineups all the time. Now, I mean, because of some injuries and situations and trades, um, you know, in fairness to, the, to Ty Lu, that he did have to change, make some lineup changes and stuff. But his lineup changes have been perplexing, to yeah. say the least. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, Nate McMillan with the Pacers has been, you know, a long-time coach, been around a long time. And you're right, watching them, they... You know, when they lose games, it's because they're it's it's not because they're not giving effort. It's not because they're uh, don't know what to expect from each other. Uh, They're a pretty well-oiled machine. They're losing games because, frankly, sometimes they're just overmatched talent-wise. And uh, you know, the Cavs should be able to overmatch them, uh, but have not really done that except for the first half. And, uh, you know, and I put this in my column on Amico hoops, you really look at this series so far, the Pacers have outplayed them in at least five of the quarters and probably six.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, heading back to Indiana, the, the, the final kind of story out of game two is Kevin loves injury. Uh, Sam, do you have an update on, on his, the same, the same hand he broke earlier, correct?
1: Same hand he broke is his non-shooting hand left hand. Um, you know, his thumb got bent back. There's, uh, ESPN reported that there's a partial tear of a ligament. Um, the Caps did x-ray his hand last night. Those came back negative. He's expected, to, you know, he said it was painful. Uh, they didn't, you know, nobody gave an official diagnosis other than Ty Lue saying he just jammed it. He'll be fine. He's ready to go for game three. Kevin Love said the same thing. It's going to be sore tomorrow. I'm going to put some ice on it and we'll tape it up and let's go let's go with game 3. so it doesn't sound like he's going to be out but um my goodness some guys are just injury prone. i'm yeah. sorry. some guys just are and you know you have to wonder about their pain threshold and all that but yeah. it's just I, I don't i don't want to say he's not hurt as bad as every time but constant constant fear of that guy getting injured. it seems like it's a mix of bad luck being
0: at the wrong place at the wrong time and just you know some, definitely something to keep keep our eye on as a series in the playoffs, move on, as Kevin loves health stats for sure. There's no doubt that they're feeding him the ball intentionally. He, he got 16 shots up, and they're yeah they're doing all they can to get him involved, to be a part of the game plan. Um, so,
1: yeah. uh, Sam, he's got to take advantage of that because they need – he has not emerged as the true number two option, and uh, he's got to start taking advantage of that a little bit more.
0: We have Game 3 is tomorrow, it's Friday, 7 p.m. on ESPN in Indianapolis. Sam, what are some trends that you liked, what you saw from the Cavs you'd like to see continue in Game 3 if we want to come away with a win here?
1: The energy, for sure. Um, This is a team that plays, and most NBA teams can make this claim, but the Cavs are so much better when they're focused and energized. The problem is sometimes they can win when they're not. So, so sometimes they don't feel the need to do that, and it comes back to bite them. But, um, you know, if this, this team can play with some type of th- – show the same type of determination that Indiana did, or, or in the Cavs' case, show the same type of determination that you did in the first half. And keep that going for a full game. Don't wait until you're far behind. Don't stop when you get a big lead. Keep it going. Sustain it. If they can do that, I think that that's a very positive sign and they will win this series.
0: Yeah, one of the things I'd like to see is I'd like to see the Cavs take care of the ball better. There were a couple of possessions, important possessions, especially in the third quarter when the Pacers kind of made the run to come back where the Cavs did, just didn't take care of the ball. They were dribbling off their legs. They were inerrant passes. And Playoffs, you, you, every possession matters in the playoffs, and you cannot have against a good team like the Pacers who take advantage of these uh, of these of these turnovers of these missed to miss free throws like those come back and they haunt you and all of a sudden you're up three with 30 seconds left and you're like oh no Darren Carlson has another wide open three <laughs> Is he going to make it you know like that was <laughs> like yeah. that's where we found ourselves last night
1: yeah right
0: and against well coached teams you have you cannot do that
1: well yeah and, and you're right in the playoffs you have to take care of the basketball and that goes back to the energy focus thing yep. um when you're not playing with with uh focus and you're just kind of out there kind of going through the motions cause you have a big lead. Uh, yeah, you're right. That, that that's when the turnovers start taking place cause you get careless, you don't pay attention and you lose focus. And, um, they, yeah, they, they can't do that in this series. And if they get past this series and get to Toronto, they can't do it then either.
0: No. Do, do you expect the same starting five for game three, Sam?
1: I think if you're Ty Lou, you probably do roll that same starting five out because you're one and O in the playoffs with it, you know? And, and, um, that doesn't mean that that's the right lineup. (laughs) It doesn't mean anything other than I know if I'm a coach, I play and and give it, you know, I I will give him credit in one sense, uh, coach Lou, in the sense that he does, he has been giving guys a quicker hook than he did in the regular season in, Mm -hmm. in these first two games. Um, So if it doesn't work out, but then, then, then maybe he'll make a change. But frankly, you know my starting lineup i, I would start Korver. i'd be i'd be fine with that and i'd start nance um because after watching two games i think kevin love would fare better against a smaller guy than he has against a bigger athletic guy in miles turner he's longer uh,
0: too longer arms too yeah
1: yeah and and it's it's i think that kevin love does okay offensively against turner because he can you know bring him out to the perimeter which turner's not doesn't like that but he can't guard him down low, and he can't go down low and post him up. So I I, I think Larry Nance Jr. is the most athletic guy on the team other than LeBron, you know, and he, he can, he's can. he got size, he's got strength, he's got energy, he's got hustle, he, and, and the numbers show that Larry Nance Jr. plays his best when he's on the floor with LeBron. So why not start him out there in the series? I think the matchup is screaming for it. That said, I do think that he'll stick with the same starting lineup.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see... Jose Calderon got a couple more minutes. I thought he, he, you know, brought a lot of good things to the table when he w- was in game two. We had a couple. There was one foul, like at the very end of the shot clock. I think it might have been. The yeah. Four. Like that was no one even touched the guy. Did yeah. Quicken Loans erupt. I mean.
1: Yeah. We were yes. at yes. Cubs. Yes. Well, especially they always give you, that they, they always give you that, um, you know, the replay on the jumbo. Super
0: quick when they know it's in your. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> like, super, oh man, the crowd went nuts. But yeah, I thought you know. The, the thing I liked about Calderon, the most in the in that game was uh, in the first quarter when LeBron was taking all the shots. You know, they they uh, which he should have been. Uh, they pass it to Calderon. He just shot it like twice. He didn't even think about it. So <laughs> I was like, "Good, somebody else is is playing like LeBron." It's yeah. like, "Let's do this. Let's let's be aggressive." Yeah. And I thought Calderon was being very aggressive. I thought Jr was being aggressive off the bat too, but. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, hey, he's a, he's a proven piece and yep. and uh, been doing this a long time, Calderon.
0: All right, so last question about Game 3, Sam. Aside from Oladipo, who's the one player the, the Cavs need to limit on offense if they are looking to keep them? The Cavs, honestly, they've held the pace is below 100 points both games, which yeah. I think is, is, a, is a pretty good, you know, yeah. trend in the right. right direction. If they want to keep that – defense who's the other player they need to kind of keep on lockdown on offense
1: well you know i would say darren collison but they've done a good job on him for the most part um lebron's been guarding him a lot um but to me it goes back to turner i I think turner has gotten um especially early in game two uh kind of had his way during that comeback when the, when the Pacers started to cut into that lead, it was really a result of Turner. And I think that they need to find a way to, to contain him a little bit in terms of, um, making him uncomfortable down there. And I don't know that Kevin Love is the answer to do that. That's why I keep, you know, preaching Larry Nance jr. Uh, because I think that, that Nance jr. Is a guy who's obviously match up with him. So, so Turner to me is a big concern. Um, I think if you're the Cavs
0: and I think moving forward, Turner's kind of in the nowhere near the class, but I think he's in the Joel Embiid mold, like that tall athletic player that the Cavs just like, don't really have an answer to.
1: No, no. I think uh, again, you got to match athleticism and strength with athleticism and strength. And I think Nance jr. Does that. And, and then of course, you know, at some point, at what point do you say, okay, Jeff Green is not getting the job done at all. He's not rebounding even, which he never does. But at what point do we say, you know what, let's go with Larry Nance Jr. uh, as a starter and then bring Tristan Thompson back, give him another opportunity, which is scary to say because Tristan had a career-worst regular season. Um, But at some point, you have to say, if Jeff Green's not getting it done, we at least get Tristan in there, and, and hopefully he'll go in and get some rebounds. Do you have a
0: prediction for game three?
1: I'm gonna go with LeBron. Um simply because these are the type of games that you know, if he loses game one and everybody's kind of saying the Cavs are in trouble and blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden his team goes in and steals the first game on the opposing team's home floor. And um I I I I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Cavs. I think it's gonna be really close and uh I think it's gonna be nerve wracking. And I think it's going to be intense, but you know, I think if the Cavs get their act together, which they came closer to in Game Two, mm-hmm. if you take that next step, you can beat this team pretty good. And, and you know, hey, they were up on the Pacers, a different team with Dwayne Wade and all those guys, but they were up on the Pacers what like twenty five to four or something in Indiana, and ended up losing that game mm-hmm. earlier this season. If they can get this right and and come out with the right intensity and energy, they could they could build another big lead and win that. So I'm going to go with the Cavs um, in a very very close one.
0: I will say the Cavs will win this one as well. I I do think it'll be a close game, but I think uh, the Cavs will win by a margin of ten or more. I'm going to say ten to fifteen. I think uh, the what the Cavs saw that that worked in the first and second quarter, um, they're going to try to replicate that. And and again, um, I'm, it just comes down to. LeBron being the best player of basketball on the planet. Um, And I think we're going to see really some of our shooters come alive. They they shot pretty well. They shot close to 40% three point uh, last game, which is great. But I think uh, this is going to be the kind of other end of the spectrum. Like the first game we shot terrible. I think this game is just going to seem like we're not going to miss. And very similar to, the game that we came back against the Pacers last year, where we just like man, we just like didn't miss a three. I think yeah. it was random threes, um, and I think uh, we're gonna win by t- by. I'm gonna say by 13. Win by 13.
1: Okay. Well, I'll I have that marked down for our next <laughs> podcast, and uh, hopefully, hopefully they'll just win, then everybody will be happy. But yes, they they you know the, the, like you said, the, those threes have been there. If they knock him down on the road, that's going to create huge problems because uh, then they can't focus on LeBron. So should be, it'll, be, it'll be fun. This has been a fun series uh, in terms of what's going to happen next um, that has not gone completely as expected. So I guess we'll see what happens this weekend. We, we
0: will see for sure. Well, we want to say thank you so much for downloading and listening. Uh, you can check out uh, more of Sam's writings and thoughts on amikahoops.net and the rest of the league with prohoopsdigest.com Do us a favor, subscribe, rate, review our podcast on iTunes. It does help with iTunes search algorithms and other uh, podcast native players uh, for our podcast to show up whenever you search Cabs or Cleveland. We want uh, you guys to be able to listen to to the best content that, that we have. So, rating and reviewing does help with that. Let us know your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. Another thing, we are looking for sponsors for this podcast sponsorships for each segment, sponsorships for the podcast in general. Uh, for a presenting sponsor, if that is you, or if you know someone who has a business or an online venture and you think that this, this could work, email us at podcast at calvesonthebreak.com, or you can tweet Samurai and we can uh, hook you up with uh, what that looks like for, for those businesses and online ventures. We want to partner with you and get you business. So let's, let's do that together. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at calvesonthebreak. Follow Sam on Twitter at Amico Hoops. Uh, Sam, any final thoughts?
1: nothing other than this uh weekend i think is going to determine a lot of what happens in the off season. because if the calves come back 3-1 down 3-1 <laughs> uh, you know well, people are going to start talking about lebron leaving and and tyloo but if they come back up 3-1 or it's tied 2-2 um i think people start looking forward to the next round so no pressure calves but None at all. Just, just the rest <laughs> of franchise history.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, Sam, thanks for your time today, man. Mike Breen, take us out. Congratulations, Cleveland. Your decades-long wait is finally over. The Cavaliers are NBA champions.